Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. After taking a week off, we are back with another live episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. And today, it's all about the magazines. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm sitting across from the man that has the single greatest magazine collection I have personally ever seen. Welcome back from vacation, Tommy Coverboy Fierro. What's going on, brother? How was your vacation? Tommy, are you there? Can you hear me? Radio silence. Don't know if it's on my end or if it's on his. Let's go to a caller here and we'll see if we can figure it out together. Babyface Brian, can you hear me? What's going on, man? Yeah, jumping, Jay. Not too much. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I can't seem to hear Tommy on his end, but uh, you and I will kick off the conversation. We're talking about magazines, and of course, that was a big part of our childhood. Maybe not so much anymore, but what was your favorite magazine, or what do you remember from the world of magazines? So for me, it was something where uh, after I discovered wrestling, uh, when I would go to the store with my mom back in 1986, around 11 or 12, I would, uh, I would, while she was shopping, I would go to the magazine aisle, the uh, the magazine rack, and there was uh, WWF magazine, which back then it was bi-monthly, so you'd have uh, uh, two months, uh, you'd only have six issues a year, so it came out every other month at that time. It was fairly soon after that they started doing it monthly, and uh, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated, of course, was the other big one, but the sister publications of Inside Wrestling and The Wrestler were the the other two main ones I saw, I didn't, I don't remember seeing one of Tommy's favorites, the wrestling eye, but, uh, but yeah, my, my very first magazines, I got them, um, probably in September of 86, uh, where the WWF magazine, which was, uh, December, January of, uh, 86, 87 with Roddy Piper on the cover after Roddy turned good. And, and then at the same time, uh, pro wrestling illustrated had the, uh, January 87, I believe it was, um, issue of uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated with uh, Roddy Piper Turns Good. And so um, so those were my first magazines, and I didn't miss an issue of either of those for several years. And then I, every once in a while, I got, got to pick up one of the other magazines as well. How about you, Jay? What was your uh, first magazine experience? Well, my very first magazine experience was, of course, the official World Wrestling Federation magazine. And I think what uh, caught my attention on that magazine specifically is the full color. From cover to cover, it's all in glorious color photos. And that one played into the storylines that you saw on TV. It wasn't really a reveal behind the curtain, didn't really talk about behind the scenes, but it just kind of kept you current with what was going on on the, on the weekly programming. And then my favorite outside of that uh, was Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And that was one that maybe delved in a little deeper to the world of professional wrestling. So it felt like maybe you were seeing some stuff that necessarily you weren't supposed to be seeing or that you wouldn't see on your TV screen. And it also introduced me to a world of professional wrestlers that I did not see inside the WWF programming. And so it opened up my horizons to how big the world of professional wrestling really was. I'll ask you this, Brian. What did you do with your magazines? Are you are you a guy that kind of kept them, or would you throw them or pass them on to friends when you were done with them? 
I kept all the uh, I kept them all for a lot of years, and somehow I got rid of the WWF magazine. So I still have the uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrateds, and uh, and I was somebody that never ripped the poster out of the middle. What about you? Did you take those posters of PWI out and use them, or did you just leave them in the magazine and try to keep it all intact? I would try to keep them all intact. I would try. I would not take out any posters. I would not even try to take out the little. Uh, cardboard perforated things for like getting a subscription. I tried to keep everything intact. I tried to, you know, turn the pages real gingerly. Once in elementary school, I was doing a presentation on pro wrestling and rather than cut pictures out of the magazine, uh, I had my mom take it to the local uh, Kinko's copying office and she made copies of the pages so that I could cut out the images I want because yeah, I didn't want to destroy the magazines in, in any way. And I kept them for a long, long time. I recently went through them probably within the last five years um, and some of them just from time and the way that I was storing them as a kid, you know, pages would be uh, folded over or something. So I did throw a couple of them away that were in rougher condition, but I still have a decent collection. Nothing like what Tommy Fierro has at the wrestling collector, but um, every once in a while I do like to pull an old magazine out and kind of walk down memory lane by looking at the pages. Yeah, the uh, Hello, one gentlemen. of my favorite parts. Hello, I, I've I've arrived. Tommy, it. we got you, brother. Tommy, I you extended your vacation a little bit there. Well, listen, I, I was thinking about it, but uh, I decided to uh, to call it anyway. No, I'm only kidding. There were some technical difficulties, and I had to call back in. Jamie had, had me on hold. I didn't want to interrupt your conversation that you guys had going on. I was actually into it, listening to it. Uh, yeah, man, uh, could be a fun episode today. I know we did this episode in the past. Not with a uh, a live call-in uh, aspect to it, so I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone's favorite pro wrestling magazines were from the 1980s. And man, there's a a laundry list of different uh, magazines we can choose from. I'm, I'm with you, Jay. My favorite growing up as a kid. I don't know if it was necessarily my my first magazine because I do remember having hundreds and hundreds of them. When I was a kid, I would also uh, get trade with friends in the neighborhood and stuff like that. But uh, I'm not sure if that was the first magazine I had, but my favorite magazine growing up as a kid was definitely uh, the WWF magazine. I couldn't wait to see uh, what was in the middle of that magazine with all the new merchandise that they would release every every quarter. So that was always fun. That was like my first thing to do. Like my, my go-to was to go to that. And then, you know, I loved the, the one of the back pages where – you know, you, there was the crossword section. Remember, we used to always do the crossword puzzles in the back of the magazine. Uh, that was always fun to look forward to doing also when you were a kid. But, yeah, that, that was my, my favorite magazine. I used to love seeing uh, what new – and I know the WWF programs also had the catalog as well. Uh, but, you know, uh, it was always so fun to see what new T-shirts were coming out, what new swag of either Hulk Hogan, Macho Man – Ultimate Warrior, whoever else, cups, video games, all kinds of stuff. That was, you know, I remember that vividly uh, from my childhood, and the WWF magazine was a big part of it. I, I also loved, obviously, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I used to love to read the arena results and the back pages, the ratings. I mean, every magazine back then, man. And, you're, and, and I, I appreciate the props, Jay. And, and just so you know, I got like an extra couple thousand magazines since the last time you were here. So at the Wrestling Collector, in Stockholm, New Jersey, we literally have thousands, when I mean thousands, I'm not exaggerating, uh, wrestling magazines from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. There's tons of stuff in right now. So 
anytime you're in the New Jersey area, or if you're in the New Jersey area, the Wrestling Collector on Route 23 in Stockholm, New Jersey, is by far uh, your destination to come for Pro Wrestling Magazine. We've got tons in stock. And we also do a Pro Wrestling Magazine Club. So anyone out there that doesn't live in the New Jersey area that loves magazines, if you're listening to this episode today, you probably do, uh, we have a mystery uh, magazine club where we send you magazines out every month. So if you're interested in seeing that, uh, head over to the Wrestling Collector dot com for more information on that but yeah man i'm excited for this episode and brian good morning to you i know it wasn't on when you first jumped on because jay had me uh on uh, mute he was uh he was punishing me for missing last week's episode <laughs> yeah tommy i had a question for you my uh my favorite episode every year or favorite issue every year was the year-end issue of pro wrestling illustrated um, aside from learning about all the other uh, promotions and the ratings and then the, the magazines, um, that issue re- really gave legitimacy to all the other promotions out there and made me think, well, there's a ton of other wrestling fans out there, and, and if Ric Flair won Wrestler of the Year, there must be something really special about him, even though I don't get to watch him on TV. Um, my question for you is uh, where at the uh, – Oh, two-thirds of the way through the year point, if you had to take, um, I'm sure the now would be the tag team of the year in ISPW. Uh, most inspirational would probably be Richard Holiday. But if you had to take and choose out of four top guys in ISPW for wrestler of the year, my feeling is that you've got Bull James, who held the title the longest, Crowbar, who's been main event status uh, all year long, just blowing the crowds away, um, you've got Rick Recon and you've got Richard Holiday. Who do you think takes home wrestler of the year at the two-thirds of the way uh, point, and what are your one, two, three runners-up? You know, I mean, you're, you're really putting me on the spot there, especially with the one, two, three runners-up. Uh, listen, we have our biggest show ever uh, coming next uh, Saturday, so I'm going to hold off on that answer, if that's okay with you, until next after the next show, because we're doing the Wildwood Convention Center next Saturday, August 26th. So that's going to be a really big show for us. I want to see how that night transpires before I make my uh, halfway through the year uh, pick, if that's okay with you. Definitely. I wanted to at least plant the seeds because uh, it seems like a fun uh, a fun thing to add in the mix. And I, I don't know if you've got somebody I, I, like... I, I, can, uh, I, can give, I can give you my answer right now. It's Bull James. I think Bull James has done a fantastic job of uh, carrying uh, the promotion on the hillside. And with him, with Maven, I just think that he was grossly underutilized in the WWE. And he's someone that has really stepped up over the last year and really showed everyone that uh, WWE dropped the ball on him tremendously. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Bull James. Yeah, definitely. That's who I was uh, guessing as well. He's held the title the longest, and he's always been in that main event picture. And then I got one more uh, uh, award-based thing. No runners-up here, but uh, when I got to see ISPW, it was a tremendous card. Um, I loved Crowbar versus uh, Davey Boy Smith, or his son Harry Smith, but the match of the year for me is probably that main event with uh, Rick Recon and Bull James, but I haven't seen all these other cards. Do you have a match of the year thus far that you that you could pick in ISPW? 
Yeah, it would have to be Recon and Crowbar in that uh, first steel cage match they had. They literally tore the roof down, and the people were really, really behind it. But, I mean, like I said, it's only July, and I got a feeling that there's some bangers coming. That's what the, the cool kids thing, Jay. I'm starting to get hit with the slide. They call they call them bangers. So I'm sure uh, we're going to have some bangers between now and the end of the year. And if you uh, don't, if you put me on mute next week, me and you are going to have a banger very, very soon, Jumping Jack. I'm glad, I'm glad you cleared it up that that was hip new kid speak because I thought maybe that was just a New Jersey thing that you were laying on me. No, no. And I'll, I'll let you guys get on to some other callers, but I'll put it out there that if Toto or Tom calls up, you got to see if he can do a uh, – a newsletter for you monthly with results and ratings for ISPW. He'd probably be the perfect guy if you were uh, looking to do a little newsletter that you'd pass out once a month at ISPW since he goes to all the shows and keeps an eye on the pulse of the uh, the rating scene in ISPW. So uh, thank you guys so much for your time. I, I love uh, talking with you weekly and uh, enjoy the rest of your week and the rest of the show, my friends. Hey, you too, you too brother. Thank you so much. Day, so before we jump into the next call, Tommy, I want to let you know that at the, your latest 80s wrestling con, I was able to meet and have a brief conversation with Keith Elliott Greenberg, who was a writer for the WF magazine for over 20 years. And now he appears on all sorts of wrestling documentaries, uh, and he helped co-wrote some of the wrestling autobiographies that we love, the Ric Flair one, uh, Superstar Billy Graham, a host of others. But to have a conversation in person with somebody who I was reading his work as a kid and had no idea who he was. But thanks to you, man, I got to meet him at 80s Wrestling Con. And so that was a thrill. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, just two weeks ago, I had an event at my store and George Napolitano just randomly shows up and mm. hangs out for the night. He stops in once in a while. His, his summer, where he lives at in the summertime, is uh, probably only about 20, 25 minutes from where my store is. So he pops in peri- periodically through the summertime just to, to hang out. And, again, man, I, I grew up reading all his magazines. And same thing with Bill After. I mean, Bill After is an absolute living legend in this industry. And, you know, I'm pretty close with Bill as well. I, I, if I would have had more notice, I could have probably got them on the, the show today. I know we had George on in the past. I've got to get Bill on. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, those two guys right there, uh, George Napolitano and, and Bill After, um, man, they, 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 I think they should be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame one day because, you know, back then, uh, you know, there were so many different avenues to promote wrestlers that are not around now because nowadays, I mean, they have the Pro Wrestling Illustrated that they put out. I'm not sure if it's quarterly, bi-monthly or whatever, but, I mean, back then, there was no internet. There was no any of that stuff. So magazines were tremendously instrumental of getting wrestlers over and promoting them. So I I think at some point, they have to get their their flowers and and, and get inducted uh, into the WWE Hall of Fame because, I mean, those, especially Bill After, I mean, all those guys are crucially crucially important uh, during the, the during that heyday, that first boom period. You know, that's a, the, the non-social media aspect is so important because today it does not seem like a big deal. If you want to see a picture of a wrestler, you jump on Google, you can see hundreds of images. But when we were kids, there was no internet. There was no Google search. And so if you wanted a picture 
or a poster of wrestlers, the magazine was the only way to get it. Unless you're buying trading cards or WWE posters, if you picked up a pro wrestling illustrated, you would see photos of the guys you saw on TV. You'd see photos of guys in different federations that you didn't even know existed. You'd see the top 10 list. And so really we love the weekly programming as fans, but those magazines were different. They were special. They were tactile. They were something you could hold and look at again and again. And it just broadened your horizon and appreciation for the world of professional wrestling. We're going to keep this conversation going. It's all about the magazines of pro wrestling. And we're going to go all the way to Cleveland to hear from our good friend, Kathy. Kathy, good morning and welcome to the conversation. Good morning, guys. How are you guys both doing today? Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I hope you can hear me okay. I'm calling outside, so there's going to be trains and planes and whatever <laughs> going by. Whatever. So I'm hoping you can hear me okay. So, um, yeah, the magazines, um, super cool. And I decided to call in because I thought, well, this will kind of be my – my three count. So, you know, got to have the three count and then go from there. But uh, I, yeah, I have a funny story because, you know, obviously I'm not a huge collector. I know Tommy could get me whatever magazine <laughs> I want. Sure. Absolutely. But back then, you know, and it was really tough. And I don't know if any of you guys um, knew of any girls or, you know, even women back then that were following or watching um, but it was it was very difficult. It was very challenging for me, being the age I was. Even though my brother was, you know, huge follower and we would watch it and and all that. Um, but it just it wasn't something like I said that I talked about much with other girls. And so I I really was not going to buy them, even though I wanted to. And you know, we had a corner drugstore, and you could you know walk up there if you wanted and the grocery store and everything but my story is a little different because i saw a magazine in the library so that just kind of ties in with me but um it was my senior year and back then for reports and all that you had to gather all this kind of information which again like you guys have said no internet you know, back then, and you needed a lot of books, but they also wanted you to have um, periodicals, they called it, which is magazines, mm-hmm. and articles like that, and oh my gosh, and when I was in school, there was still like the microfish machines and all those things, and so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is like dating me a little bit, but so this was like 33 years ago, and so I went to the library, and my report was like on the Great Depression, and I had, you know, all this stuff. So I thought, all right, oh, there goes an airplane. Okay. So I went back to the periodical section, and back then, you walk into that section, the library, and it's like a tomb back there. I mean, it's like, you know, they had them all cataloged, you know, in, in these type of folder things and boxes, and they were all labeled. And I don't even remember specifically at this time, and I, I pulled this story before, but what I was looking for, but I walked past, and the WWF magazine, of course, by the W, was right there, 
And mm. I'm sure if you guys remember, huge Warrior fan. So a magazine with him on the cover, I want to say, God, I just so know this, but for some reason, I don't have a memory. I think it was like November of 89. I know he was on the cover of many. And that was not the current issue. And it was right there in the front. And, of course, I just stopped dead in my tracks because I don't expect to find things. I'm not that person. I don't go looking for stuff, right? I've just never done it. I get it out, and I thought, okay, I could check this out with all my other materials when it's time to go. Do I do that? No. I don't do that because my mindset was all about it was for guys. It was for boys, and I couldn't do that, and I never did it. I have two magazines, though. I do. I do not have that one. But what I did was I took it out, and I sat on the floor right there. I don't think I read it cover to cover. But, of course, I read the article <laughs> about Warriors at the time. I did. I literally said, and I don't think anybody else came back. But I don't know. I don't know what I would have done had somebody come back. back I mean, nowadays, who cares, right? But right. when you're that age and you're, like, 17, you're like, oh, my gosh, oh my God, i got to put this back. Oh, I can't do it. I can't look at this. Nobody ever came back. And so – I, you know, time went by and I read what I wanted. I put it back. I checked out. I come home. I remember my mom's like, what took you so long? <laughs> what? Where, I expected you back a while. And, of course, I never told her that I saw the magazine and whatever. But I just said, oh, I had a lot to do. I had all this research to do. And I had to get all this stuff together. And I never, I never told her. And But, yeah, I only have two magazines. And one of the ones I have, of course, they both have Warrior on the front. But the one was called Wrestle America, and that one that had him on the cover was when he was getting ready to do the Firepower movie, and I and I bought it in my grocery. But man, I got to tell you, I'm not I'm just not one of those people. Anybody else, they would have nabbed it right away. Oh, we got to see this. What's he doing now? Blah blah. Nope, that wasn't me. I stood there forever and stared at it like, do I want this? Do I want to get back into what he's? I mean, really, you guys. That's how it was for me. Yes, and I bought it. And that was almost 20 years ago for that one. And then I bought the WWF one because I never had one of those. But seriously, when I would buy that, I would tell the, the checker, oh, it's for my brother. I would still say that. And I was, how old then? It's amazing that I still, like, they don't give a quick care what you're doing. Right. So I, I know, but when I just, that was still how I felt. So the one I bought was when, he came back at uh, WrestleMania 12 against Triple H. And so, and they're still, I, of course, they still have them with my small little wonderful collection. And, um, but yeah, so those are just my stories. And, but my brother did have a couple. He had more books, though, than the magazines. Um, but yeah, everything that you guys are seeing, all the stuff they had in there, uh, the crossword puzzle, and they would do bios on people, give you like their stats and interviews, like, their personal lives were not out there, but I remember at the time, Bret Hart, when he was married um, to his first wife, they did a whole spread on their family. And so you got to see a little insight into that. And um, so, no, I I remember those days very well. And, and I'm still amazed, Tommy, at all the magazines. Like, I would just, I'd probably spend, like, all day there. Like, <laughs> I was just looking at them all. And so, but that's just, yeah, that's my little story. And there's so many out there. And, and like you guys said, too. You know, they were out monthly, you know, WWF and and other places, you know, they would come out more often, but you had to wait. You know, we couldn't find out anything till the shows would tell you or you read in a magazine, you know, but I'm the same way. I like the tactile kind of 
things that you have in your hand, it, it, you know, it's, it was a different time for sure. So I just wanted to share my memories and I'm sure everybody has their own, but you guys know I'm not a collector, but so my little things have funny little stories and I love it all. So (laughs) thank you very much. Kathy, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And it is funny how we get in our own heads and we overthink things and yeah, but I can totally see that because you're absolutely right. In my elementary school, I do not remember any female fans. I feel like I was, I was the only wrestling fan. And then there were some boys that were also mildly interested, but I don't remember any girl openly sharing that she was also into it. Listen, before, before you head off real quickly, I had a, I had a visual in my head. So this is what I'm, I'm picturing. (laughs) I'm picturing you in high school, right? So there's a, there's a lunch table. There's a lunch table. There's six girls at the lunch table. You're one of them. One has a Team Beat magazine with Dylan McKay from 90210 on the cover. One has right. Uh, right. All, all these, you know, all these like, teen, remember back then they had all these teen magazines too. And then here's, and here's the girl in the corner. Oh, no, not the one with the Ultimate Warrior magazine. Yes. And, you know, awesome. I guess. What's funny is that I went to all-girls high school. So the few times that I could talk to – like, boys was still, like, seventh, eighth grade. But once I got to high school, no, they never. And I did have some of those magazines, too, guys, by the way. But the other thing is with Warrior, like, <laughs> I liked other people. I did, okay. And I would hang up pictures like the girls would, the centerfold. Never. I never, ever, for Warrior, ever. And I think just there were other reasons. But I did hung, hang up when he came up with Distrucity, which people make fun of. I do not. I wrote all those down, and I hung those up in my room. So there you go. <laughs> but very different. But yes, yes, that's me internally, never externally sharing, but internally, yes. Yes, you got that right, Tommy. <laughs> Man, you wonder what would have happened, though, because awesome. if I would have been in high school and walked by a girl's locker and she had Ultimate Warrior inside, I would have stopped and talked to her <laughs> yeah. right away. Yes. Yay. <laughs> we would have been friends. See, there you we go. would have been friends. That's right. We would. That's awesome. <laughs> Hey, call call back up more in the future. We enjoy talking to you. I will. I will definitely. Thank you guys so much. And you have a great weekend. Hey, you too, Kathy. Thank Thank you you so much. much. Thank you. Look at that, man. When you bring up the conversation of wrestling magazines, just the memories that it sparks in people. And I appreciate Kathy calling in and sharing that because I can imagine – kind of being like, I'm not supposed to be into wrestling, but I am. And so I'm going to look at this magazine in the back aisle of the local library and hope nobody catches me. Yeah, that's interesting. Just like, oh, 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 before you take the next caller. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like how you did, Jumpin' Jay, when you came to the Wrestling Collector and you took that Wrestling Eye magazine and you went in the back of the store because uh, now this is this we we've done this topic before everyone for anyone that hasn't been listening since the beginning. In two years. Let me, let me just talk about it. Okay, it's been two years since we talked about it. So let me anyone that hasn't been listening for two years and we're redoing this episode for a live crowd, a live uh, call-ins. Let me let me backtrack and and and, and give you a, paint the picture of this story I'm about to tell. So the first time we did this episode. And now, Jumpin' Jay, you, you can hear Jumpin' Jay on, on the podcast. You can know he's a, he's a fan, but he obviously knows what he's talking about. He's very, comes very intelligent. It, you know, makes a lot of sense most times, except for when he's going against like me. I feel like uh, I'm being but, set up here. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I mentioned the Wrestling Eye magazine, and Jumpin' Jay was like, huh? 
what do you mean Wrestling Eye Magazine? The Wrestling Eye Magazine. He Jumpin' Jay has never heard of the Wrestling Eye Magazine. So Jumpin' Jay, but I don't know if I, I believe I sent you a couple in the mail. You did, I, yes. I, I vividly rem- yeah, I, I vividly remember you taking that Wrestling Eye you found as a wrestling collector and you went in the back and you were looking through it with a big smile on your face. It was like a kid at a candy store. You never saw something like that before. So I want to know anyone out that calls in for the rest of the show if you ever heard of the Wrestling Guy magazine because Jumpin' Jay didn't until I introduced him to it. I Listen, I had never, ever, ever heard of it, and part of me thought you were making it up when you were talking about it, but it, they must have had very limited distribution. It must have just been an East Coast thing because it did not make its way to Minnesota. Sometimes I'll take it out, and I'll walk my copy of Wrestling Guy around the neighborhood, and you should see the people just stare at me. It's like... It's like they've, they've never seen anything like it before. And so, uh, and then great. Babyface Brian, Babyface Brian at the start of the show, when you were having technical difficulties, said he never heard of it either. So it didn't make it to the West Coast either. So it must have been just an East Coast thing. But uh, we'll find out as we talk to more people, take more phone calls. Uh, next up is an East Coast guy, friend of the show. He probably had wrestling eye magazines over there in the firehouse. But it's time for Firefighter Brian. Good morning, Brian. Welcome to the conversation. And right off the bat, did you know of Wrestling Eye years ago? Wrestling Eyes? Wrestling Eye, singular, Cyclops style. I can't really say I did. If Look I'm at being this, honest. Tommy. Tommy. Wrestling Eye, yeah. Well, the hell, the hell with you two then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wrestling, I, maybe if I saw it, I'd remember it. That's one thing I'm having a hard time remembering. But, uh, you know, I uh, I got to say, this is a very interesting, uh, you know, what I love about this show is, you know, but my wife and I were watching Clerks not too long ago uh, for the God knows how many times. And, you know, you see things like in a movie or whatever and that you completely forgot about, like, uh, you know, uh, pay phones independent video stores. Forget about the blockbusters, independent stores. And that's another topic of, oh, God, the wrestling videos. When we Mm -hmm. would go to the the, the best, I tell you, yeah, blockbuster had wrestling videos, but the best videos would be at the independent stores. That's where you'd see the real good stuff. And uh, even if we were away somewhere, and I was out of town that I, you know, I couldn't rent because I didn't wasn't a member there. I still go to see what they had just for the hell of it. And um, but uh, uh, magazines, another thing, another time capsule. I mean, magazines, not just wrestling magazines, but the magazine business has mm-hmm. really gone the way of the buffalo. I mean, you you start to become extinct. Um, you know, WWE hasn't done a magazine in how long? Uh, you know, they still do the uh, the WrestleMania programs for pay-per-views, which is good. Um, you know, I've gotten into uh, collecting those recently. But, um, you know, magazines were huge part of a wrestling fan's life. I mean, well, first of all, the WWF magazine, I had a subscription, and once the first of the month would come, I would come home from school looking through the mail. Um, I wouldn't be able to relax until the magazine came. If it was a weekend, I'd be uh, at the door waiting for the mailman. And, um, you know, you bring back memories. You brought stuff that I hadn't thought of in years. I would, uh, 
when the magazine would come, I'd go from, like you say, Jay, cover to cover. The thing was, I'd always read it again to see if mm-hmm. I missed any pages, which more often than not, I would. Um, but also, um, you know, the, you, would, you would go to uh, my favorites was uh, the months when it was catalog month. Mm. You'd have the catalog in the middle of the issue. And I loved seeing the new merchandise, uh, what wrestlers finally got a shirt or whatever, uh, what they came up with next, um, what they, um, what the, uh, you, you know, oh, well, what, what, sh- what merchandise made it to another catalog and what didn't. It was always, that was always interesting. And uh, magazines were a big part of our uh, uh, childhood as wrestling fans. And as uh, far as, you know, uh, magazines like, you know, PWI, you know, uh, Jay, uh, Tommy, you bring up Bill After. Uh, yes. When you talk about the forefathers of wrestling magazines, you know, Bill After, um, but also Stanley Weston, who, in my opinion, you know, he's really, he's where it all started. You know, it started with Ring Magazine, uh, with boxing, with all the boxing magazines, and then PWI, which, of course, started The Wrestler and all those sister publications. And uh, Stanley Weston, in my opinion, belongs in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. They put Bill After in there a few years ago. But there wouldn't, I don't know if there'd be a Bill After without Stanley Weston. And PWI, it's still on the, uh, the market, one of the few that's maybe the only. That's still around, and it's still readable. You can still read it cover to cover. And But back in the 80s, when we were growing up, if there was, uh, you know, uh, promotions that were that, – that the fans didn't have access to, that's how you kept intact with what was going on in the world mm-hmm. of wrestling, you know, through the magazines. The magazines were very important, and – the best magazine, the best times you go to a train station. Again, you bring them back. You bring me back. Train station or an airport or Barnes and Noble. They'd have the magazines that you couldn't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would drive my parents crazy to pick up the magazine. <laughs> you know, Babyface. Babyface brought up a great point in uh, you know with the uh, the posters. Yeah, I would never take them out because if you took them out. Sometimes it would loosen up the staples and it would screw up the rest of the magazine. But yep. um, but yeah, it's uh, but yeah, PWI. Yes, the year end was oh, I, I still get the year end. And let's not, we can't talk about magazines without talking about the PWI 500. Mm. You know that was uh, to this day it doesn't have the same uh, pop that it used to have, but it's still a very important uh, issue. And you knew you made it when you made the PWI 500. Tommy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm, I've, All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime right in. I, I agree with that. Well, his, I, I'm just letting you know, his, he dro- his call dropped. That's why he cut off all of a sudden. I just wanted to make sure you were still there as well. But, yeah, he, his oh, call yeah, dropped. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll, he'll call back he's, he, he's more than welcome to call back in. But real quickly, I want to say um, he brought up a really good point. Like, even though there's not really – any outlet in today, 2023, for wrestling magazines. Yes, Pro Wrestling Illustrated still has uh, a, a 
you can go to the supermarkets and, and find that some places, but it's still available. But that PWI 500 episode edition, I mean, is still very, very important. Because nowadays, like the WWE guys and all those guys put it over. Like back then, there wasn't really, there wasn't no social media. So, you know, if, you know, Hulk Hogan was number one, you know, he can't tweet about it or put an Instagram post right. about it. So when these WWE guys, AEW guys, they do that and, and, and they get, they get a lot of social media traction, that uh, episode, uh, edition of the magazine. So when they're posting it uh, on all their accounts, which has millions of followers, that's a lot of eyes on Pro Wrestling Illustrated and still letting everyone know that there is still a physical magazine out there. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a good thing still. I'm happy that uh, they still have a magazine. And I got to believe that back in the day when that magazine would come out, wrestlers, even a Hulk Hogan, must have been interested in, in looking inside and seeing if they were ranked and where they were ranked. Unless, unless if you were the, the Iron Sheik and you were number 87 and they would say, Fuck the big 87! <laughs> Fuck you, there probably were some upset wrestlers when that list came out because everybody thinks they probably should be number one or at least in the top ten. And so there probably were some hurt feelings, but uh, I got to believe, even if they didn't admit that they looked at the list, they probably looked at the list. I would have looked at the list. Tommy, would you look at the list? Only list I'm looking at is my my uh, deposits in my bank account, brother. There you go, the brother. Only that's thing that that's right. That's right. It's the miles. What did what does Hogan always say? It's the the miles and the money. That's what it. That's what it comes down to. The miles and the money. Up next, somebody who no doubt has read a magazine a time or two in his life, and the idea was brought up that maybe he should start a monthly newsletter for ISPW. It's time for Toto with Tom. Toto with Tom. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the conversation. First off, that's the greatest thing you guys have ever done. Dropping. That ham and egg or Brian from the call line. That I don't know who wants to take credit for that, but that was awesome. It was it was the cell phone teller. It wasn't us, but uh, maybe he'll call back. We'll, we'll go with that story. That sounds good. <laughs> I wasn't going to call back because I am still waiting for Richard Holiday to show up on this podcast because I boycotted a few weeks ago. But I did get my fix from Busted Open Radio because the ISPW champion – Richard Holiday was studio a couple uh, a week ago, and that was tremendous. So kudos to ISPW for having their heavyweight champion on a major radio format. That is why I am calling back today. Also because I'm a big wrestling uh, magazine collector. I actually still collect. I get the subscription to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and it's more of a shoot magazine now than it was when we were reading it as kids which is interesting but i guess it's because of the time and day that we the era that we live in so i do enjoy it um very important part of my childhood um, growing up aside from watching wwf and nwa on tv the only other wrestling i ever caught was on some uhf channel i was able to get world class i believe out of texas mm-hmm. very strange but I used to watch wrestling out of the Sportatorium. And wrestling magazines was the only other way I knew about this other wrestling federation or any of the other ones. Um, so very important part of our childhood. Also, the fact of going 
to find these magazines, the journey. Nowadays, yeah. we all have phones and we click on, you know, the Internet and we get our information there. I like the aspect that we used to have to actually go to the grocery store or go to the comic book store or go to like a bookstore and actually look for these um, magazines and they'd be all over the magazine racks and you'd thumb through them all. And I mm-hmm. do remember the wrestling eye. The wrestling eye was, uh, it caught my eye quite a bit. They used to have beautiful women on the cover a lot of times, which is why it caught my eye. But um, <laughs> I used to be a big PWI fan. Um, I also did subscribe to the WWE magazine. Mm-hmm. And I was also, I think I had the first, 25 um, issues of Raw. Raw was a new one that they came sure, out with. Yep. It was for the, it was for the quote unquote the mature reader. You know, you were getting Sunny in the, um, in the. Uh, it was like a Playboy almost fold out. You know, like they'd have Sunny or Stable. Um, that was always you know catching my eye as well as a 20 uh, year old getting that. So uh, I, I do enjoy the magazines. I'm not a wrestling uh, doll collector like most of your callers are on this show. I know they're all big into the LGNs. I know you guys are. I had a couple. Didn't have a lot. I did have a lot of wrestling magazines, though, and that's really how my fandom uh, was uh, benefited, uh, aside from watching it on TV. Do you still have quite the collection? Did you keep them over the years? I passed them on to friends, mostly. Um, I have a few that I kept only for sentimental um you know reasons do you have a favorite uh, but a i had specific... a, i had a really cool one i had the rowdy piper i think it was issue number three it was piper and cindy lauper on the cover from 85 oh, i like wow, that one yeah. also another one i had which is not a wrestling magazine but it had a lot of sentimental value to me i had the sports illustrated where hulk hogan was on the cover that was big news that huge news yeah you said you had it or do you still have it I, I had it. It's at the Wrestling Collector now. You can buy it. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah, that's a that's a big magazine. Hope you had a good vacation, Tommy. I look forward to uh, hearing about the uh, bash at the beach in Wildwood or brawl at the boardwalk. I'm going to follow it on social media. I will not be in attendance, but I will be in attendance the following week in West Milford. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I have you on. Let's talk about that right now. A week from today, we are doing something super cool. Well, first of all, it's a Thursday night show, which is, is pretty neat. And we are doing, and Jay, I know if you were in New Jersey, you'd be the first one to buy a ticket for this. We're doing an event called Supper Slam, where you can have dinner before the wrestling show. So at 7 p.m., we're going to have tables set up, and we're going to be serving a pasta dinner, pasta, we're going to have meatballs, bread, dessert, drinks. And then right after that is going to be some live pro wrestling action. So Supper Slam will take place next Ooh. Thursday evening in West Milford, New Jersey at St. Joseph's Church Parish Hall. It's $50 for dinner and a ringside seat. You can't beat it. And uh, if you're not planning on going to the dinner and just the show itself, uh, you can get tickets for that as well, both on IS pwwrestling.com. The main event will be Richard Holiday defending the ISPW heavyweight title against Crowbar. So uh, a big main event next Thursday evening, 7 o'clock dinner, 8 o'clock show, Supper Slam, ISPW, 
For more information, head over to ISPWWrestling.com. I know you've got a lot in your plate, but i got to just say, I'm very excited what's happening in the month of September because it's big for ISPW, and it's big Let's for the ISPW it. arena in total. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks, but I just want to let we you know. Talk about it. We, could, we, could talk, we could talk about it right now. So just last night we announced we're doing our 25th anniversary, Jay, the 25th anniversary show of ISPW on the eve of 90s Wrestling Con. It will be on Friday evening, September the 29th, at the ISPW Arena, which is the Totowa PAL in Totowa, New Jersey. We just announced last night the superstar, Danny Morrison, has been signed to be in the main event to challenge for the ISPW heavyweight title, whoever the champion is. Right now it's Richard Holiday. So Danny Morrison will try and reclaim his glory in ISPW at the 25th anniversary. It's got that big, big, big fight feel to me as a promoter, having Danny come back and uh, be in that position on the biggest ISW show yet. What do you think, Soto with Tom? I mean, that's, I can't wait. I mean, the summer's been, you know, a little bit slow for ISPW, but now we have the, the, the action happening this summer in Wildwood, and then we have next Thursday, and then we have, 90s Wrestling Con, and then we have ISPW 25th anniversary. I can't take it anymore. So much going on. Are you okay over there, brother? You're not, you're I love it. Doing it. That's fandom right there. I love it, man. You, you, Total with Tom is, is where it's at. He's the ISPW super fan. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll talk to you guys next week. Total with Tom out. Sounds good, Tom. Thank you so much. Man, see, look at this. When you talk about magazines, you just never know where the conversation is going to go, Tommy. People get excited when you talk about magazines. We're going to keep the conversation rolling. It sounded like he was looking at a different magazine there for a minute. He brought, yeah, he looked like he brought his, his raw one with Sable back out that he was talking about. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to keep this conversation rolling, and we got a new number waiting for us on the slam line. And if I know my area codes, which I do not, it looks like it might be from Canada. So let's go to the slam line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the show. What's your name, and where are you calling from? Yeah, so my name is Chris. I'm uh, calling from uh, Montreal, and uh, I've been listening your guys show and going back over the old episodes uh on spotify but i i've been listening to the show since the winter because i uh i i had a nine kilometer jog into work through the snow every day and i got i would get a, a little bored of just uh so, so i'm a teacher and uh and yeah i just get a little little bored of uh of the jog so i uh started exploring and i I found your guys' show, and uh, it entertained me throughout those uh, cold Montreal jogs in. Well, Chris, thank you so much, man. We appreciate That's that. Awesome, thank you man. for calling in. And I am super interested to know what kind of magazines you guys got north of the border here. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a, an interesting story, and it really uh, it, it caught uh, my eye when I saw this uh, topic that you guys were, were uh, going on today because uh, growing up, uh, in uh, you know, as a an Anglo in uh, in Quebec, we had like I didn't have cable or pay per view, uh, so all we really had was what they called Maple Leaf wrestling. And going back to the territory days, Maple Leaf was Toronto wrestling, and they would syndicate that for uh, you know 
Anglo-Quebec on, uh, on our over-the-air channels. So that's what we would get every Saturday morning. I wasn't allowed watching, so I'd have to sneak and, uh, and watch it for <laughs> one hour. It was essentially super, I think now on the network, they call it like superstar wrestling or something like that. You can find the old episodes and, you know, they were the slam, the slam matches and, uh, or, or squash matches, I, I yeah. should say, and all that. But it was, uh, it was amazing to watch that. And so finally, because my parents would allow me not to watch, but to read anything I wanted. So finally I convinced them to let me get the WWF magazine mm-hmm. and, that was amazing because you get it once a month and that's how I followed wrestling, not by watching really, but by the magazine. So I'd watch, like I would get the, the magazine and, and get to find out what happened in SummerSlam or the first one I got told me what happened in WrestleMania eight. And I saw those pictures and then you mm. get the posters. So my room was just splattered with these posters. I remember I had Macho Man and I just studied the sequence on his, on his jacket <laughs> from that fold-out <laughs> poster. Or I got Doink the Clown and uh, it, scared, it, it scared my little brother just to see that. Uh, but that, those magazines were the way I followed wrestling, which is crazy to think of now because you know, it was so rare to actually get to watch wrestling, but I got sure. to read about it. That is fantastic. And, uh, I guess yeah, yeah, and, and then I got one pro wrestling illustrated when I was uh, I went for this trip up to uh, on on train up to Gaspe, Quebec, which is quite a way. It's it's right by the mouth of the Saint Lawrence, so it's quite a ways up. And I got this, and and that's what I spent my time on this trip uh, <laughs> doing, reading through this magazine, and it was all about how Jimmy Hart was somehow connected to Hulk Hogan. It was like going through this conspiracy about how when uh, classic Fred Blassie uh, <laughs> dropped Hogan, maybe Jimmy Hart took over his contract and all these years, maybe Jimmy Hart was uh, controlling Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my, that was my connection to uh, wrestling magazines, but it was uh, <laughs> profound. I suppose you could say. No, oh, that's fantastic, man. And awesome, then, man. uh, out of curiosity, were you, I was always as a kid, very aware that sometimes in Canada, you guys would get special releases of action figures or re-releases, or there'd be, you know, the French Canadian version of an LJN. Did you have right. any wrestling figures as a kid that, um, that, that you just, that were special to you? Like, what did you have, did you have wrestling toys? And if so, what were they? <laughs> and do you still have them? Ab- absolutely. So, so the ones I'm, I, and there's somewhere in my mom's basement and I, and they're destroyed anyway. So they, they have no value, but, uh, it's up to me, but, uh, <laughs> the ones that we got them that, that I, and I can't speak for all of, uh, all of Quebec, but the ones that my brother and I got just as gifts were, were, uh, some wrestlers and oh, those yeah. were yeah, that was so exciting because you could actually like the 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 other figurines they, that they released. <clears throat> excuse me, um, were were tough to manipulate a little bit. Too stiff. Yeah. But the Too thumb, Yeah, yeah, and and the thumb wrestlers were like real like malleable rubber, so you mm-hmm. could really move them around and make them like GI Joes were were great action figurines because all the joints moved yep. right, and, and then thumb wrestlers were like that as well, in a sense that. You can move the arms, you can move the legs. So that was uh, that was really special. 
uh, and then in other wrestling um, toys or, or wrestling uh, paraphernalia, I, I would just have to get my my you know seventy year old grandma to to sew me wrestling uniforms so that we can put on our <laughs> matches uh, <laughs> and uh, and that. But no, the thumb wrestlers were really special. That is very cool. Yeah, I loved thumb wrestlers for the very same reason. You could put them in actual wrestling holds, whether it be, you know, a Boston Crab or a figure four. You could just bend them and manipulate them to the point where you could actually act out real wrestling holds, where with some of the earlier wrestling figures like the LJNs, you just simply could not do that. So the thumb wrestlers, I think I played with the thumb wrestlers more as action figures than as actual thumb wrestlers. Like, I didn't spend very much time with my thumb up their back, uh, but I spent a lot of the time manipulating <laughs> them into holds. So I'm with you. No, exactly. That, that was that was the awesome thing. And even after the thumb wrestlers, they came out with wrestlers that were like hard plastic. And I never understood why they went that route when, you know, to me, G.I. Joe figurines had the market peg, knew what they were doing and, and were fantastic. Yes. And thumb wrestlers were the, the close equivalent. And, and that was it for me. I 100% agree with you, man. And and we've talked to another Canadian caller about G.I. Joe's before because it kind of blew our mind that you guys got G.I. Joe's, the real American hero. But he told us they also came with Canadian stickers. And so you could swap out the U.S. flag for the Canadian yeah, the Sergeant, one, which I thought was very cool. That's great marketing by G.I. Joe. Yeah, the Sergeant Slaughter had, like, Canadian uh, stickers as well. But we just wanted the real thing, like, we, the branding was so good on, on real American hero. Sure. You know, my brother and I would just say, oh, it means real North American hero. That's right. There you go. It's the whole <laughs> continent. I love awesome, it. Man. I love it. Well, Chris, thank you so much for calling in, man, and for listening. I hope you call in in the future because it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, and I will keep listening. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. All right. Take care, guys. All right, and there you have it, another episode in the books of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Now, Jumpin' Jay, uh, earlier, someone mentioned, uh, I can't remember who it was, about how it would be cool. It might have been, it might have been uh, Firefighter Brian about doing an uh, episode just on uh, VHS tapes. I think that would make for a really cool episode. Maybe we could do that next week, uh, a Coliseum video and all the other uh, VHS releases and stories of going to your favorite local uh, video shop and, and renting your favorite wrestling VHS tapes when you were a kid. I remember I had I had memories that I know you do too, Jay. I think we should do that next week on the podcast. I think that'd be a, a fun episode. What do you think? Hey, let's do it. You know, perfect timing. Yesterday, I found a box of old VHS wrestling cassettes. I don't have a VCR. I can't play them but I have a box of old VHSs. So maybe I'll go over to the thrift store, buy me a VCR, watch some of the old tapes in preparation for next week's conversation. Oh, oh hold on, hold on, hold on. You What's that? Thrift store? Listen, brother, you are, if, if, if the audience really knew what kind of pockets you have, Jumpin' Jay, you for, can reinvent a new VHS, trust me. Okay, a, two, a, things, a totally new two things, two things. I'm not the million-dollar man. And second of all, do they even sell VHS players in regular stores anymore? I feel like you have to go to a thrift store, a garage sale, uh, something. Possibly, possibly you think, soon at the wrestling collector. Yeah, do you think Best Buy, has, if I walk in there, past the DVDs, past the Blu-rays, and say, hey, do you have a VCR? Do you think they're going to know what that is? 
Yeah, they're going to point to my table, sit up on the on the corner, and I'm going to have a shitload of them and make a ton of money. All right, fair enough. Well, listen, man, I hope you and your family have a great weekend. I hope everyone out there uh, has a great weekend. We will be back here next Thursday, an ISPW day in New Jersey. I'll be doing a live episode of 80s Wrestling Podcast just hours before our big Supper Slam show. Anyone that lives in the uh, New Jersey area, definitely come on out. Jump and Jay, I'm not the Stromboli sisters in the kitchen cooking. So anyone that's a fan of this show can see the Stromboli sisters in action for the first time ever in person, cooking up a storm <laughs> in the kitchen, getting those ZDs and meatballs ready for Man. all the uh, hungry wrestling fans coming out to West Milford next Thursday. If the Stromboli sisters are cooking, you know it's going to be good. That's a shoot. Well, listen, guys, I hope everyone has a great weekend. And we will catch you here next Thursday for Coliseum videos and more on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.